The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Wednesday morning to you, July 5th, 7 a.m. It's David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Yes, it's Wednesday already. How's everyone feeling today? Ah, is it morning? (laughs) I'm a little groggy this morning, David. So let me ask you this question. Okay. I, I ask this to everyone out there. When the 4th of July falls on a work week, in the work week, Is the 5th of July the hardest day of work in the year? It's quite possible, at least in this area, because, well, you know, we cannot celebrate our American independence without tearing it up in the neighborhood with fireworks and loud noises and banging and uh, all of the things that carry on our celebration of Independence Day. It's an American tradition like no other. (laughs) Yes, I heard them. But you know what? I was in full slumber, Were you? so I just slept right through it. I, I I shouldn't say I totally slept through it. I heard a little bit. Most of them were off in the distance. There were a few close by ones, but because Portland technically has banned fireworks, <laughs> technically, technically. In, in theory, you know, I don't know if I hear as many as I used to, but uh, I made it through. You did okay. But you're in the you're in the uh, hot zone. We're there. yeah, Vancouver for sure is. So we went over to our friend's house. They are in the county because the city limits of Vancouver theoretically mm-hmm. is a no-fly zone yes. as far as fireworks are concerned. However, that didn't it's greatly reduced. Don't get me wrong. I, but there are still those that will manage to get off a few. That includes the little cul-de-sac that is directly behind our home. Right. So it was probably, oh, past 11 o'clock, and things were still going off mm-hmm. occasionally behind us, uh, which kept me up just a little bit. I think I even heard something like around 1 a.m., did it's you hear like, yeah, it's one like, more pop? Yeah, it's like, eh, shouldn't okay. everybody be getting to bed now? <laughs> and you know those aren't the young kids. Those are the uh, adult children yes, that stay up late probably, and start shooting out fireworks. So true. we both took Monday off. But now, uh, considering how I feel this morning, I don't know where 4th of July lies next year, but perhaps July 5th would be the day to tack on to the holiday rather than the day before. I think you're right. I might think about that for next year. That's probably not a bad idea. That's uh, really good. Hey, we did make it down to the Waterfront Blues Fest. How was it? Oh, fantastic. Always fantastic. Love the event and just opportunity to... uh, Revel in some great music and fun activities. We didn't go yesterday for the 4th of July because we probably figured that would be pretty busy because they have a big fireworks display uh, after the show was over, which probably starts around 10 p.m. So, again, a little bit too late for me, but we made it over on Monday, which was uh, awesome and had a great time. So great to see the event back and uh, a lot great. of fun. Yeah. That's always a great time. They had fireworks after the Blues Festival, I think yeah. I read online uh, yesterday. Yeah. So just did a quick search. It looks like July 4th is on a Thursday next year. So I am going to fill out my <laughs> paid time off leave for Friday, July right 5th, away. 2024. I'm yeah. getting it in now. Not a bad idea. How was the grilling? <laughs> 
The grilling was excellent. We did the time-honored tradition. I did not do the chicken meal because we had a, a smaller crowd than I thought we would for uh, yesterday at our house. So we had very delicious hot dogs on the grill. Oh, very You nice. can't beat them. Yeah. I, I love uh, a little little burnt ends on my yeah, hot dog yeah. when you do them on the grill. Yep. Delicious. I, I did grill yesterday. It was kind of warm. 95, you're high. I think that's about the time I was out there grilling, too. So it was a little little toasty out there, but uh, just did uh, some uh, burger and a, ch- and a chicken thigh. How's that That's sound? it? Yeah, that that's was perfect. It. Perfect. Worked out great. Yeah, had some corn on the cob. Hey, well, wow. Oh, it was really good, Was it too. good? I love corn was, on the yeah, cob. Did you grill tasty. that, too? No, no, just boiled, boiled that, that one. Boiled that one. But uh, it was it was mighty tasty. So uh, enjoyed it. It was nice. Just well, sitting good. out there on the deck and uh, watching the hummingbirds. Got my hummingbird feeder out finally. Good. So they're they're happy now. Good. Yeah. Well, my goodness. I'm just going to be that. joining you later <laughs> on, too. <laughs> That's right. So what do you have coming up today? Well, David, Catholic Charities of Oregon passes the buck. And teaching clients how to save first, but a Vancouver organization ready to take on the project. I'll tell you about it. All right. And there are some wildfires burning uh, around the uh, region. Yeah. Yeah. This leftover smoke is not, of course, from the fireworks that we had, but it's been pouring in from the gorge. Yeah. So uh, be aware of that. So we'll have the details for you. So a great show ahead for you on this Wednesday morning. Here is Matthias Michael. You're what I need. We are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Why did I think this life was mine? Couldn't find a love of any kind. Consumed in all my selfish pride. Darkness, I was blind. You're what I need. You're what I need. Why did I run from the one who loves me? I dreamed. 
Matthias Michael and your What I Need. It is 710 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this July 5th, 4th of July after. We're trying to shake off the cobwebs. Okay. I think we're, we'll do it. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there. Another cup of coffee. Be ready to go. <laughs> Isn't that your third today? It is already. That's funny. He only has one cup, typically. It's a seminarian's journey. We'll hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Matcha Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Jade Bistro and Patisserie. Located on Southeast 13th in Portland's Selwood neighborhood, the Jade Bistro is family-run, serving Vietnamese and Thai cuisine with influences from France and Laos. French pastries are available daily, open Monday through Saturday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m. Information can be found online at jadeportland.com. For more than 33 years, Mater Dei Radio has been sowing the seeds of faith. Your legacy of support continues to bring souls back to Christ, just like Michael Boultry. It's really miraculous. I'd come out of confession, and it was the first time I had met the priest. And I turned on my car, and of course, Mater Dei Radio's on. It was the priest that I had just encountered. It's like, whoa, thanks, Holy Spirit. But then the same thing happened again, where I had just met this priest. But then it happened again, and it was three separate occasions and three separate priests. God's providence was so clear to me, and I'm getting chills just talking about it. He was making it so clear and so obvious that, yes, this is the path. You guys are planting seeds that are bearing fruit now and down the line. Michael Boultry is just one of many souls the Holy Spirit has reached through Mater Dei Radio. Help us continue to sow the seeds of faith. Hear more of Michael's amazing story and ensure your legacy of giving at materdayradio.com.
And it is 712 at Mater Day Radio. Just looking at the satellite imagery. Hazy out there this morning. It sure is. You know, and I was listening to the weather forecaster yesterday, and a lot of that haze actually coming from the Canada wildfires. Is it really? Finally yeah. pouring down into our area. Kind of coming down from our area. And I don't know if any of that's being intermixed with some of the uh, wildfires here in our area out in the gorge. But it is going to be a hazy day today. And hot, red flag warning, heat advisory in effect, high near 97 degrees. Some areas might see a triple digit, so uh, be aware of that. Hazy again overnight tonight, low of 63, and then little cooler tomorrow, still hazy, 90 degrees your high. All right, well, we're going to get that high temperatures already moving up. 66 degrees at Our Lady of Lords Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 63 degrees at St. Joseph the Worker Church in Portland. God's path for all of us has been laid out, and He knows where we're all going. And as much as we'd like to be in control of that and know this is my direction... Well, sure enough, God's going to step in the way and say, no, I'm going to put this turn before you. That's how it is for our seminarians who are studying to be the future priests of our Catholic Church here in the United States. Joining me today is Deacon Justin Echeverria. He is going to be helping us understand exactly that path forward and how it can look different for each individual seminarian. Good morning, Deacon Justin. Thank you so much for joining us today. Morning. Good to be back. So before we talk about the different paths that, Mm -hmm. you know, every seminarian's journey can possibly take, there are some things that are pretty constant for each one of them and that they're going to high school just with their own families. And then there's college years and then there's the seminary years as they Mm -hmm. lead into the priesthood. How long of a process is that? Just that kind of from college through seminary to priesthood. Yeah, so the the process itself varies on the guy. So it could range from, you know, around six years to maybe nine or ten. Okay. You know, for example, if a guy is coming fresh out of high school, it's going to be a bit of a longer process than it was for me who came after after going to college. Really? Mm-hmm. Now, why would that be? Uh, it would seem to be that if they were focusing their education right from the earliest start of formation to when they become priests, why is that a longer process versus somebody who's gone to college, already has a bachelor's degree in, in a discipline? Yeah. So it's, it's required of all men who would like to become priests, academically speaking, that they must have both philosophy and theology in their education. And, and specifically philosophy before going to theology. If you're coming fresh out of high school, well, you need to get your college degree. So we have some seminaries have what's called a college seminary, which specifically is a seminarian who is completing his undergraduate degree and will be in philosophy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. And then in my case, it's a, it's a more unique situation where if a guy already has gone to college and it doesn't matter what he studies, it could be, I studied history, it could be literature, biology, psychology, whatever. You already have a college degree, so you wouldn't go to a college seminary. You already have your undergrad. So the seminary, depending where you go, has this program called pre-theology. And I believe that might, that might change, the, the name might change uh, over the next few years with the, with the change of seminary formation. But it was a pre-theology. It was a two-year philosophy program for guys like me. You come either fresh out of college or, in my case, college, worked a few years, and then went to seminary, where they bring you up to speed with, uh, with philosophy. 
And then some seminaries like Mount Angel offer guys, you can either do a certificate of completion or they offer a master of arts in philosophy. So you'd also pursue a a philosophy degree. It's a lot. (laughs) It is a lot. Do you ever look back at the different degrees? I mean, all of the education that you have and you're still in the process of it. Do you look back and go, wow, I've been to a lot of classes over the last (laughs) few years. I thought I was done with school when I graduated from college in 2014. <laughs> right. I think so. But uh, for so many, though, that once you are in the seminary and your theology programs, you're actually doing what you had mm-hmm. really hoped to do. So it doesn't always necessarily feel like I'm in school, reading, studying, doing papers. You're doing a lot more than that. Yeah. Seminary is when you walk on campus of a seminary, for for the most part, they're all they're all unique in, uh, in, in their own sort of sort of way. You know, it has a college university feel, academically speaking. Mm-hmm. Yes, you do have classes, lectures, papers, projects, but you also have what you wouldn't necessarily have at uh, your average college nowadays, uh, depending, where we have a very um, structured schedule of morning prayer with the community, morning mass, then you have class for certain hours of the day, and everyone's schedule can vary. And then, of course, you have the community meals, breakfast, lunch, dinner, evening prayer before dinner. And then, you know, usually the pockets of the day and the evenings are free for for you to study. Or if we're studying a lot, you take a nap. (laughs) And then at least once a week, you're assigned a ministry assignment off campus. Okay. uh, Where you go either serve at a, that can really vary. It could be, it could be sacramental prep. It could be working at a food pantry, uh, helping out at a parish. Uh, it, It really could vary, but there's a lot that offers a seminary. And so the, the life is not really static. It's, it's, quite dynamic. It's a, it's not a boring life. Oh, well, we are glad for that. Joining us today, I am speaking with Deacon Justin Echeverria. We're talking about what the process is for our seminarians as they journey towards the priesthood. Mm-hmm. How many seminaries are there in the United States? I wish I could give you an exact number, but there's seminaries all over the country. Really? Yes, in, in this archdiocese, most people think of, of course, Mount Angel. That's that's exactly seminary in our in our in our in our archdiocese, and I went there for philosophy. I'm an alum, class of 2019. Um, but you have, you know, just just to name a couple, you have, you know, for example, you know, St. John's in L.A. You have Mundelein in Illinois. You have Archbishop Sample went to the Josephinum, which is in Ohio. Uh, you have Notre Dame Seminary in Louisiana, and and there's Moreau Seminary where the Holy Cross. Uh, seminarians go, which is right across the lake from Notre Dame. So there's seminaries all over. Now, does a Portland guy have an option to go to any single one of these seminaries? It depends on the bishop and the diocese relationship with the seminary. So for example, if you study to be a seminarian for this archdiocese for Portland and Oregon, there are four seminaries. Okay. Four I seminaries. think we might be familiar with them. They mm-hmm. are. So you have, of course, Mount Angel. Okay. You have Bishop White up in Spokane. Okay, and then they are connected to Gonzaga University. Mm-hmm. So okay. they live, maybe I don't remember, remember if it's across the street or it's very close, but you live at Bishop White, you receive your seminary formation there, but then you walk, you don't receive your academic training there. You, you go to Gonzaga to study there. Okay. So your degree will not be, it will not say Bishop White Seminary, it will say Gonzaga University. University, okay. Of course, and then... And if you're at Mount Angel, you'll you'll receive degrees, but it will say Mount Angel Seminary. So they're, they're, that's how they're kind of unique in, in that way. Got it. Um, and then we have St. Patrick's in Menlo Park, California, near San Francisco. A very beautiful seminary we, we send men to. 
And then, of course, the North American College in Rome. Oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Now, with of these colleges, maybe ones that like uh, the one at Gonzaga, of course, attached to a university where mm-hmm. you've got you know, students there getting all kinds of different degrees. Mm-hmm. Are there fraternities that seminarians are connected to while they're in college? Well, it's funny you say that because the seminary is basically a fraternity. It is in itself. And even with, within that, um, there is fraternity, just brotherhood is very much encouraged. So when you're in the seminary, at least I, I can speak at least from my, my experience at Mount Angel and at, at the North American College at the NAC, you, you get broken up into, and this is, you, you sign up with, with your friends, you know, into fraternal groups called Yezu Caritas, where you meet together maybe, maybe at least once a week, um, check up with everybody, pray for each other. And you can also do things like, hey, we have our Yezu Caritas meeting today, but do you guys want to get together, but go grab, grab dinner, you know, kind of have, just have some fun together. Yeah. Uh, so that's very much uh, encouraged. And I know at least at Mount Angel and at NAC, you have um, fraternal events, like we'll have a party for St. Patrick's Day. We'll have, uh, you know, we'll have um, at Mount Angel, we had like multicultural events to kind of celebrate the universal church, like during our Lady of Guadalupe or the Santo Nino with the Filipino community or, or Tet with the Vietnamese. Uh, the Christmas parties, you know, there's a lot of fun that uh, a guy can have at a seminary because you're you're meant to be a, a brother too. You you sure. and, and it's important, I think, especially in this day and age, it's being encouraged. Uh, I know by our own local shepherd, Archbishop Sample, and by by various priests, the fraternity, like get together with priest friends often, travel together, pray for each other, check in. It's 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 and that starts in the seminary. Wow, I love it. Deacon Justin joining us today as we have a discussion on seminary, a little bit more of a detailed look to know what our seminarians go through on their journey to the priest. So Deacon Justin, this has been a great conversation. There is more I want to talk to you about, especially when regards to those seminarians who are studying in Rome. I think this is very fascinating. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in the next half hour? Sounds good. And it is 723 at Day Radio. Well, it is Wednesday. I was going to say, you know, it is Monday. It <laughs> is it's, not Monday. It's not really Monday. It is <laughs> Wednesday. That means tonight at 730, it is Blazing the Trail with our wonderful friend Miriam Morriston. Please join her at 730. Check out her great program. Or, of course, anytime you can hear that on the Hail Mary Media app. For a full program schedule, just go to our website, click on the programming page, program schedule. You can print yourself out a full copy. Again, that is Monterey Radio's programming schedule on our website at monterdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Join Mater Day Radio and Brother Cyril, a Benedictine monk at Mount Angel Abbey, for the morning offering. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, 
in union with the holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, I offer them for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, the salvation of souls, reparation for sin, and the reunion of all Christians. I offer them for the intentions of our bishops and of all apostles of prayer, and in particular, for those recommended by our Holy Father this month. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit MatriDayRadio.com. Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-source communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for all-source communications. Connecting Mater Dei Radio's Leadership Circle. A great way to support Mater Dei Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. Some are morning people. Others are not. Either way, we help start your day off right. The Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 726 at Mater Day Radio. Well, wildfires burning across the area. We'll have the details for you in the news. And Pope Francis has a new lead for the dicastery of the doctrine of the faith. You might be familiar with some of his writings. I'll have that story for you coming up in news. Here is Sarah Kroger. Alleluia is our song. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. What hope we have even in the longest night for the No sting of 
And that is Sarah Kroger, Alleluia, is our song. It's 7.30 right here at Mater Day Radio. And in your news, another hot day is expected today across the region as the National Weather Service has a heat advisory and red flag warning posted through this evening with critical fire conditions expected. Highs could be approaching triple digits in some locations. The Tunnel 5 fire burning in timber and brush near the small town of Underwood in southeast Skamania County, Washington, is now estimated at over 500 acres with 5% containment as of yesterday. Several structures have been damaged by the blaze. Fire, which started Sunday morning, grew quickly due to extreme terrain and hot, windy conditions. It's burning across the Columbia River from Hood River. Another wildfire is burning in Lane County. The Moon Mountain Fire is estimated at 40 acres. Evacuation orders were posted around the fire yesterday afternoon. Somebody took some pretty dramatic video from Hood River yesterday. Really? They, they were shooting across the river, and you had all of the uh, kite boarders in the in the water there on the mm-hmm. Columbia, and then right across are these huge planes dropping dropping water. Yeah, and uh, they were dipping right out of the Columbia too. There, Makes so sense. it's like yeah, but that's the state. Did the report say anything about the open or closing of Highway 14 in that area? Do yeah. people have to make arrangements if they're heading out that way? If it's closed, the reason why I ask is just out here on, uh, I want to say it was I-205 when we were traveling over the weekend and it said something about brush fire, 14 closed, but then I didn't know if it was still the case or if it was even that particular fire. Yeah, good question. I haven't seen anything about that, but I'll, I'll look to see. Okay. Pope Francis has named Archbishop Victor Manuel Fernandez, his longtime personal theologian and ghostwriter, to lead the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. The Argentine prelate succeeds Cardinal Luis Ladaria Ferrer, who had been prefect of the dicastery since 2017. Fernandez, who's almost 70, 61 years old, will take up his new post in the middle of September, the Vatican said. Pope Francis, who has known Fernandez for decades, reportedly entrusted him with drafting his first apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudi. The Archbishop was also reportedly involved in the drafting of Amoris Laetitia, Pope Francis' 2016 apostolic exhortation on the love in the family, which followed the church's two synods on the family. Fernandez was heavily involved in both synods of the family in 2014 and 2015 and was on the commission for writing the 2015 synod's final report. In an open letter to the archbishop, the pope asked him to lead the dicastery towards promoting theology that is attentive to the essentials of the faith and at the service of evangelization. Pope Francis wrote, Its central purpose is to guard the teaching that flows from the faith in order to to give reasons for our hope, but not as an enemy who critiques and condemns them. Well, exciting times at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Session number one of the summer camping season begins today. Jenna Bass, Director of Communications for the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, tells us what campers are going to see when they arrive this morning. We have the beautiful new Welcome Center, which has the 
nurse's station. It has the store for the kids to buy their goodies during the week. So they'll park kind of in that area. And as they walk around behind the Welcome Center is the brand new dining hall, like I said, that overlooks the Bull Run with a beautiful view of Mount Hood. And as you walk around the camp, all the beautiful trees, we have a couple fields for recreational activities. Right as you come in kind of to the left of camp is our archery center that sits up. And during the camp, we have goats. Once in a while, you'll get to see the goats, them doing their thing. We also have brand new baby goats as well. So other activities at Camp Howard include fishing, arts and crafts, swimming, a giant slip and slide, and a new low ropes course for team building events. There are still a few spots open for your kids. So to find out about registration, just go to Camp Howard's website at cyocamphoward.org. Do you think they would let me just come down and hold those baby goats? Oh, I'm sure they would love to have you. I love it. Save First Financial Wellness, founded in 2009 as a social enterprise of Catholic Charities of Oregon, became part of Vancouver, Washington-based Lighthouse Financial Foundation on July 1st. Faced with post-pandemic funding challenges, the Catholic Charities Board recently decided to try to find a new home for the Save First program and focus on the agency's core mission of affordable housing aid to people experiencing houselessness, and settlement services for migrants and refugees. The agreement with Lighthouse Financial Foundation will sustain the program that currently provides financial coaching to hundreds of individuals in southwest Washington and the Portland metro area. Natalie Wood, executive director of Catholic Charities, is delighted that Safe First will still serve the local community. She said, we are glad that people will continue to receive financial education and the coaching they need as they stabilize their family. As we help our clients progress, we'll be sending them to save first. Kim Capoletto, president of Lighthouse Financial Foundation, said that while Save First will move to Vancouver, the name and the website will remain the same and some personnel will stay on as well. Well, I know this is a story you've been waiting for, Brenda. Yes. All all morning long, you've been waiting to find I'm wondering. out. Yes. Well, I'm going to give it to you right <laughs> now. Not even lightning and heavy rain could stop Joey Chestnut on Tuesday. Uh-oh. After a delay of almost two hours for inclement weather, Chestnut continued his dominance at the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. Yikes. Winning his 16th title in 17 years, <laughs> Chestnut ate 62 hot dogs and buns during the 10-minute contest Ew. in front of cheering spectators during the 4th of July spectacle on Coney Island in New York. Runner-up Jeffrey Esper ate 49 hot dogs. Not even close. Not even close. Chestnut came up 14 shy of his record, though, of 76. Uh-huh. Since 2017, Chestnut has lost just once in 2015 when Matt Stoney ate 62 hot dogs and Chestnut downed just 60. So I think afterwards, or as the contest wound down, Chestnut glanced over and saw that he had a significant lead and he backed off and he said that he wanted to leave room for some beer afterwards. So uh, <laughs> he, so he didn't uh, didn't go for the record. David, I had a hot dog th- yesterday for 4th of July. 
couldn't even finish one. <laughs> I can't yes. even imagine getting 62 in your gut. That is just... Uh, that's a lot of hot that's dogs. That's a lot of hot dogs. Uh, thunderstorms did not stop the Portland Timbers match in Denver last night, or it did stop, actually. did stop the match. The game was called at the half with the score 0-0. Zero zero. Officials say the second half will be played at a later date. So I guess, yeah, the Denver area just got pounded wow. yesterday with... Uh, Storms. Rains, thunderstorms. They were going to have a fireworks display after the match, but couldn't do that either. As parents, we hope our children will grow up to be close to each other. However, three brothers from Croatia, Renato, Marco, and Robert, they share not only a sibling bond, but one that ties them to their faith, their heavenly father. In a very rare occurrence, the three men were all ordained on June 24th at the Holy Family Church in Solon. Renato and Marco were ordained to the priesthood and their brother Robert ordained to the diaconate. Monsignor Poljic, the apostolic administrator of the Archdiocese, presided over the ordination that saw a further four other men also join the priesthood. According to Shalom World, in his homily, Monsignor Poljic advised the men, do not be afraid of your weakness when God calls. Surrender to God's providence completely and without reservation, and he will strengthen and encourage you. You will be able to do everything in the one who strengthens you. He is counting on you and wants to realize great plans in this world through you. The men's friends and family were all there to witness the special occasion. While we don't know how the new clergyman's parents are feeling, they've certainly done an incredible job in raising their sons in faith and in preparing them to respond to their calling. And one thing is certain, the loved ones of our modern day three musketeers will never have far to look when they need spiritual advice. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Beginning this evening and running every Wednesday this month at 6.30 is Theology Course on Being Catholic in America happening at St. Michael's Parish here in Portland. Michael Sergioli will lead discussion on the special gifts and challenges of the American cultural context in the endeavor to follow Christ more closely. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community college Excuse me, go to the community calendar. Calendar. That's what that is. Monterdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And we'll have more on the seminarian's journey. It's right after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Catholic Youth Organization and Camp Howard. CYO offers local youth positive sports activities throughout the school year and summer camp programs at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Sports and camp registration information can be found on the web at CYOCampHoward.org. That's CYOCampHoward.org. Support for Monterey Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. 
Are you searching for stories of how God is transforming lives in profound and creative ways? Do you want to be inspired to join the mission of evangelization? I'm Miriam Marston, host of Blazing the Trail, and each week through interviews, scripture, and song, we explore what it looks like to share the gospel with courage and hope. Please join me on Wednesdays and Sundays at 7.30 p.m. right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And it is 7.43 at Mater Day Radio. Going to be a hazy, hot day today, high of 97 degrees. Low tonight, 63, and then hazy and sunny. Little cooler for Thursday, high of 90. You know, you asked about Highway 14. Yes. And that last look, a portion of it was closed. Okay. So if you got to travel out the gorge this morning, definitely check with Washington State to see the conditions of Highway 14 before you head that way. All right. Currently, 67 degrees at Sacred Heart Catholic Church in Portland. And it is 63 degrees at St. Jude's Church in Eugene. I am continuing now my discussion of the seminary with Deacon Justin Echeverria. Deacon Justin is joining me today as we take a little bit more in-depth look of the details and the specifics about the young men who are pursuing the priesthood. Deacon Justin, thank you so much for staying with us. Good to be here. Now, you are on your way to the priesthood. You are a transitional deacon. You are doing a pastoral year at Christ the King Church Mm -hmm. in Milwaukee, and having that uh, experience of pastoral life in in a church with a mm-hmm. school it's very active but you are also a little in between being the, in your studies because mm-hmm. you will be heading back to rome is that correct to finish your studies yes uh, beginning this september okay so how does that happen then if you go from a seminary in the, one of the various mount angel or mundelein or bishop white saint patrick's then how is it that you ended up going to Rome, because it seems to me like maybe everybody would go, if I had a choice, North mm-hmm. American College would be uh, my choice of seminary. Mm-hmm. So how, how was that then disca- decided that, well, these priests will be, these seminarians will be studying in Rome? Yeah, it's well, it's, it's funny because people still, people still ask me like, oh, are you going, because now they'll say, oh, what, what happens after pastoral year? Well, I'll go back to the seminary. They'll say, oh, are you going back to Mount Angel? I'm like, Oh, no, actually, I study at the North American College in Rome. I went to Mount Angel, but I graduated from there. So there's that kind of that 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 connection with like, you know, college nowadays. Like I graduated, so I'm I'm an alum of Mount Angel, but I don't study there anymore. When it was time for me to graduate, there were there were four of us that were transitioning from philosophy to theology. There are conversations that we do have with our vocations director. So and that back then it was Father Jeff Irvin. Now it's Father Peter Julia. And with our bishop about that. And because and, they, they look at our evaluation and they look at what could help a guy or see where, you know, if, if, if the idea, if there's the option for him to go somewhere else, will it be good for him or detrimental? You know, it depends. Um, so when I was called into the, the archbishop's office, like the principal's office, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was, it was a great conversation. But, um, you know, he said, he said, I'd like to send you to the North American College in Rome for theology. Um, but he was very adamant and very open about that. He said, you know, if you go over there and you feel that this is not the right fit for you, please tell us and we'll, we'll, we'll make the proper arrangements and changes. Um, you know, cause it is, Rome is, a, is also a unique, you know, I mean, all the seminaries we send to are unique cause you know what, you know, 
One has a monastery, Mount Angel. One is connected to Gonzaga University, Bishop White. One is right, you know, in beautiful, sunny California and, and is his own self-sustaining seminary, St. Patrick's. With Rome, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a different animal because when you go, for example, you can't come back for the first two years to the U.S. with exceptions, of course. Okay. Um, if you have the death of a relative or let's say your immediate family member, like your sibling is getting married, you know, there are, there are exceptions, of course. But you, you're going to a different country, learning a different language. And uh, the North American College, also, the North American College is called a college, but it's not a university that we study at. So over there, college means more like a collegial body of, of men, seminarians living together. So actually, the cool connection that Knack has with Bishop White is that just like them, though, it's a little bit of a longer walk. We live and pray and receive our formation at the seminary, the North American College. But for academics, we go to one of the universities in the city. Wow. So, and which university? It depends on the diocese and on the bishop. So for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon, for your undergrad in theology, we have two options. The Gregorian University, which the classes are all or mostly in Italian, and it's uh, it's a Jesuit-run university, or the Angelicum, which is run by Americans, uh, Dominicans, and their, their classes are primarily in English. Uh, so we can choose between them. So my degree will not say Pontifical North American College. It will say the Pontifical Gregorian University. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And then when you uh, spent your first two years there at North American College and then to the Gregorian. So I recognize that mm-hmm. the all of the United States are sending their seminarians to North American College. Mm-hmm. When you went to Gregorian University, where most of your classes were in Italian, mm-hmm. was that just the students coming from North American College? Are we talking about students from all around the world from different seminaries and archdioceses all around the world coming to this one university then. Yeah, it was actually like kind of like the experience of Bishop White on a larger scale. It's it's you get a feel of the universal church. So the the Knack guys who go to the Gregorian and we call it the Greg sometimes too. Okay. Um my classes are not just with Americans and it could be and it's not just Knack Americans. I've had classes with Americans who are religious from religious orders. Okay. study there. But I have friends who are from, you know, various parts of Africa, from South America, from, from Asia. And usually what we try to do is uh, we try to all speak in Italian. That's kind of the lingua franca over there. It's like the, the kind of the universal language there in okay. the classes. I mean, sometimes we speak English to each other or, or Spanish. Um, if I'm speaking to like my friend, sister Anakar, who's from Venezuela, um, she's a religious uh, sister. I'll try to speak, practice my Spanish with her. Um, but you get that feel of, and it's not just religious and clergy. There's also lay students that study there too. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Deacon Justin Echeverria joining me today as we talk about some specific details about what it's like to be in the seminary. Mm-hmm. So you are now doing your pastoral year at Christ the King. Mm-hmm. How many years now have you been in seminary altogether? Yeah, looking back on it, it's wow. It's. I mean, you said 2019 you graduated from Mount Angel. So I entered Mount Angel in 2017, graduated in 2019. So it's basically been five years, two years of of philosophy at Mount Angel and then three years of theology in in Rome 
So three years at the Gregorian while living and receiving my formation at the North American College. Um, and that's also kind of a cool, unique thing, too, is your degree is, is it's instead of called uh, an MDiv, a Master's of Divinity, it's called the STB, so a Bachelor of Sacred Theology. It's just how the degree is over there. Okay. Um, but yeah, five years. I would I would say six because I'm still receiving training just in a different way at the parish. Of course. Um, and because, and Rome also, another uniqueness is it's an extra year compared to everyone else. So my whole formation will probably be about eight years in total if in I total. count the pastoral year. Dakin, once your pastoral year is up at Christ the King, you're going back to Rome. Tell us what that year, that additional year will entail. Sure. So the STB that that I was studying for at the Gregorian was over there. They call it your first cycle of study, sort of, quote unquote, your undergrad, even though it's sort of the equivalent of a master's. But um, but that's the first cycle of study. The nice thing for Portland, because not every diocese does a pastoral year. So I, my class who I left are most of them are now priests and they're they're beginning parish life like as priests. So we're very Whoa. blessed okay. to do it now. Um, but so for uh, at least for Portland, we get kind of a nice break in the middle. Then when I go back in September, I begin what's called the second cycle of study. So instead of another STB, I'm going to study for an STL. So a license in sacred theology. Now, the first one, STB, was general theology. This is almost like going to med- medical school. Now you're doing a specific concentration of theology. Could be scripture, canon law. Uh, I- I'm going to go for uh, fundamental and dogmatic theology, um, church history, anthropology. So there's a lot that you can choose from. And for us, the option opens up of what university you can study at for the second cycle. So in a nutshell, I'm going to go back for two years. One year till priesthood. So September, I'll go back to begin the this academic year as a deacon and my final year as a seminarian. I fly back here next June. So at the end of that, the 23-24 academic year to God willing and Archbishop willing be ordained a priest in the cathedral here. Because some people think, are you getting ordained in Rome? That was diaconate. Okay. Priest, priesthood will always be here at the cathedral. So next June. The summer, I'll be placed in a summer assignment at a parish for maybe seven weeks to practice being a priest. Then I return for my final year. And the final year is where basically you move into the house called the Casa Santa Maria. So you leave the semin- the, the North American College. You move into like the priest grad house where only priest students live there, Americans. And that final year is basically you work on your thesis, you celebrate mass, do some traveling and then you finish the year. So for me, uh, right. So right now, Father Dustin Bussey is finishing up completely. Okay. And uh, the year before that was Father Father Randy Huang. So I'm following the same trajectory as them. So June of 2025, I am back here for the rest of my life to serve the people of Western Oregon. Oh, how <laughs> exciting. Deacon Justin, as soon as I hear of the ordination date for next year, well, I will be sure, along with so many others, we'll get it on our calendar and we will be so happy to celebrate with you, as you said, God willing. Deacon, it's been wonderful to talk with you today. You've really just opened up a whole lot of information. We really appreciate it. Thank you for your time today. Before we go, will you end us in prayer and your blessing? Of course. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to gather together to just learn more about a very unique 
blessing that we have in our church. The journey of a man starting to become a priest in a special place called the seminary. I ask that you bestow your blessing on all seminarians, especially those for this archdiocese. Fill them with strength, endurance, hope, and an ever-increasing love for you. And we entrust the hearts and minds of all seminarians for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon to the care and love of our Blessed Virgin Mary as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Deacon Justin, thank you so much for your time today. Please continue to keep us in your prayers. We will continue to pray for you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. And it is 7.55 at Mater Day Radio. Well, one of the ways you can support this wonderful radio apostolate is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Quick and easy process. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. Take you to the main page there. Just a couple of forms to fill out. You're good to go. And it is a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's Vehicle Donation program information on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Bringing souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. This is Modern Day Radio, KBBM Portland, Salem, Vancouver, KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield, Translator K235BF, Eugene, and streaming at moderndayradio.com. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. It's good to the very last drop. The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 7.57 at Mater Day Radio. Well, you don't have to go far to have one of the best pizzas in the land. Yeah, we'll tell you about that in the news. And the Lake Oswego Fire Department doing its part to help Ukraine. They're sending them a fire truck. I'll have this story for you coming up right after Awaken the Saint.
Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we're diving right into the life of royalty. We're pushing back the curtain of lace and jewels to look at the true life of a saint's great niece who became a queen of Portugal by the age of 12. Queen Elizabeth has a great ring for someone not even a teenager, but her life was nothing to be jealous of in the slightest. Elizabeth was taught piety from a young age, with daily prayer and catechesis sewn into her routine. Her relationship with God was the only thing that would help her suffer through a new life as queen of Portugal. She was married to King Dinas for political reasons and political reasons alone. She was forced to suffer constant abuse and adultery from the king throughout the beginning of their entire marriage. But Elizabeth only offered up her suffering and never stopped praying for her husband's conversion and healing. Instead of wallowing in pity and despair, the queen set about serving the poor and sick of Portugal. She would invite the other ladies of the court to help in the work and was rarely taken up on the offer. More times than not, she would be met with the crude comments and jealousy of other ladies of the court. But not even this stopped her from serving. After years of constant prayer and offering up her husband to the Lord, King Dinas finally turned his life around and found Christ. No one knows for sure except for the king himself who caused this metanoia, but change he did and for the better. Elizabeth's only son, Prince Alfonso, still couldn't forgive his father and grew resentful of the favoritism shown to the king's illegitimate sons. This anger and resentment eventually led to civil war between king and prince. Overwhelmed with love for both sides, Elizabeth stood her ground in the middle of the battlefield and miraculously brought about peace before any bloodshed was spilled. After the peaceful passing of King Dinas years later, Queen Elizabeth gave all of her wealth to the poor and became a Franciscan tertiary. All seemed finally at peace for the Queen of Portugal, but history has a way of repeating itself. The now King Alfonso quickly learned about the abusive relationship his own daughter was in with his son-in-law and fled to avenge her. It was a triggering moment for the king who did not want what happened to his mother to also happen to his own child. Once again, a civil war was declared. Despite her poor health, Elizabeth once again ran to the battlefield and made amends with both sides. She did not back down until the two men were able to seek mercy and healing among each other and to move past the hurt. This is exactly why she came to be known as the patron saint of peacemakers. It was her gift of a gentle heart that stopped so many wars. Seeing peace restored once again to her family and country, Elizabeth passed away from fever in 1336. This saint suffered greatly at the hands of others, but instead of lashing out at her enemies with a sword, she fought back with prayers of conversion and metanoia. My challenge for you today is to think of someone who has hurt you recently, and I encourage you to take their names to prayer, that Christ may enter into their hearts and stir a moment of reconciliation. You just might be the person that God uses to change that person's life for the better. St. Elizabeth of Portugal, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or to pray with Mater Day Radio, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. In your news this hour, the Vatican announced Wednesday the creation of a commission to research and catalog the stories of Christian martyrs from the third millennium. In a letter published July 5th, Pope Francis said he has established the Commission of New Martyrs, Witness of the Faith within the Dicastery for the Causes of the Saints. The commission's task will be to create an archive of the lives of Christian martyrs, both Catholic and non-Catholic, killed in the last quarter century, the Pope said. 
Pope Francis noted that he is not modifying canon law on the formal recognition of martyrdom in the Catholic Church, but wants the testimonies of those killed for bringing Christian to stand side by side with the martyrs officially recognized by the Church. Pope Francis recalled that St. John Paul II had formed a similar commission on the new martyrs for the Great Jubilee of 2000. The earlier commission received 13,000 testimonies of the men and women who gave their lives for Christ in the 20th century. The firefighters in Longview, Washington, faced a series of incidents on the 4th of July resulting from hot weather and fireworks used leading to numerous brush and grass fires. Crews responded to a total of 13 fireworks-related fires, some of which spread from vegetation to fences, sheds, outbuildings, and garages. Fortunately, no homes were lost. The most serious incident involved an explosion and fire in a detached garage. First responders found a severely injured man in the driveway with bystanders. Longview Police administering first aid. The man was transported to St. John's by an ambulance in critical condition. Firefighters quickly extinguished the resulting garage fire and secured the scene for investigators. Witnesses report the evidence at the scene are consistent with a powerful explosion, although the exact source and cause of the explosion remains under investigation. I'm wondering if this might be a year that they'll be doing some serious discussions about banning this altogether. Yeah. Just because of the aftermath of fireworks, the injuries, the brush fires, the incredible toll it takes on firefighters and first responders to try to take care of everybody. I was just reading about another fire over in the Lloyd District, which fireworks related. So, yeah, you're right. The Lake Oswego Fire Department is getting ready to retire its 1994 fire truck this month, and it will be donating the truck to a Midwestern nonprofit that sends fire engines and ambulances to Ukraine. Much of Ukraine's fundamental emergency medical and fire service equipment has been destroyed within the last year and four months, limiting first responders' ability to save lives during Russia's ongoing invasion of Ukraine. The Lake Oswego Fire Department has recently purchased a new fire engine. It housed at the Westlake Fire Station and holds 500 gallons of water with over 2,500 feet of hose and can pump up to 1,500 gallons per minute. In the next week or two, the old engine is headed to the East Coast and being shipped to Germany through Poland and get to Ukraine. They couldn't do this without a proper send-off. The fire department parked the engine at the Millennium Plaza Park Roundtable during their annual Star Spangled Parade. They asked people to write their names or thoughtful messages on the side of the truck. Oh, nice. Well, it is Italy's top 50 pizza ranking, and it is considered the top pole in the world. This is, okay, this is, this this is the big is one. This is the one. This is the one. And when it comes to pizzerias in America... Ken's Artisan Bakery in Portland is ranked number three. Really? Number three in the country. Poll was released last week at a ceremony in Manhattan. Now, Ken's is not alone in the poll when it comes to Rose City locations. Portland's A Pizza Shoals came in at number 20 and Nostrana at number 29, according to the Italian organization. Now, rankings are derived from a year of anonymous inspections. I love that. Yeah. We don't know when they're coming. Don't know when they're coming. And they do this throughout throughout the United States. 
So Portland tied with San Francisco and Miami for the city with the second most pizzerias on the list, New York. I was going to say they're probably yeah, number one. They had 10. 10 New York <laughs> pizzerias. pizzerias on that top 50 list. So American pizzerias ranked in the top 15 are ad- automatically eligible for the 100 best pizzerias in the world list, which will be announced September 13th in Naples, Italy. I know what I'm having for dinner tonight. That sounds good. Ken's Pizza. Yes, that's the one right there. Number three in the world. Or number three in the country. In the country. We'll see where they end up in the top 100 in the world. I love it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. U.S. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buttigieg, U.S. Senator Maria Kentwell, and other community stakeholders will be in Washougal on Friday touting the $40 million federal investment in the 32nd Street underpass project. This project will build an underpass at 32nd Street to eliminate the intersection with the uh, B.S. BNFS railway line. The intersection has a crash history, prevents emergency vehicles from getting through when a train is passing by because of the crossing proximity to Highway 14, downtown and the Port of Washougal. It's not uncommon for vehicles to be backed up onto the highway during one of the 45 average crossings a day, according to city manager David Scott. The fund for this program comes from the U.S. Department of Transportation Railroad Crossing Elimination Grant Program. The project's estimated to cost $50 million. In addition to the federal money, Washington has allotted nearly $7 million. Local officials pledged up to $4.8 million. The project is expected to take three to four and a half years, though, Mm. to complete. All right. In sports, fans who attend the 2024 Summer Games in Paris will not be allowed to drink alcohol at competition venues unless they're VIPs. The ban is a result of the 1991 French law that prohibits the sale or distribution of alcohol in, quote, stadiums, physical education rooms, gymnasiums, and other sports establishments. However, there are different rules for catered hospitality areas, which would include VIPs. Interesting. Yeah. So in 2021, the Summer Olympics in Tokyo had no alcohol sales, but that was because there were no fans in attendance (laughs) due to COVID-19. Okay. Now, beer and wine were available in stadiums at two previous Summer Olympics. The Paris Olympics will begin on July 26th in 2024. So if you want to drink at the venues in Paris, you got to be a VIP. Okay. So there you go. Well, just plan ahead. I'll pl- I'll plan. I, I'll, yes. I'll bring in my uh, personal uh, container full of water. It's just water. It's just water, really. <laughs> well, monks, David, they're crafty. Yes, they brew beer, distill liquors, build astonishing abbeys. They revolutionize art and science even invent perfumes. They also happen to make great sweet treats like the iconic Portuguese tart, the pastry de Bellum. Bethlehem's tart is what it's known as. Also, natas. Mm. The story behind the invention of the custard-filled tart was intertwined with the rich history of the St. Jerome's Monastery in Lisbon in the Bellum neighborhood, hence the name of the pastry. 
The year was 1837, a time when Portugal was experiencing a period of political and religious turmoil, including the closure of many monasteries and convents. The monks residing in the monastery of St. Jerome faced significant challenges with their means of financial support dwindling, leaving them in a very precarious situation. So that's when they resorted to their culinary expertise. Drawing upon traditional monastic techniques and recipes passed down through generations of monks, they created a new delicacy, the pastel de nata. These custard tarts with their flaky pastry cuts and creamy fillings were an instant hit among locals and visitors alike. The secret recipe of the pastel is closely guarded within the monastery walls for many years. However, the monks soon realized that their recipe had the potential to reach a wider audience. So with this in mind, they established the famous Pastes de Bellum Bakery, which still exists to this day. The success of the bakery, along with rising popularity of the nata, has turned this humble dessert into a national treasure, a symbol of Portuguese cuisine. From what I understand, David, Mm -hmm. the monks will be having these uh, little tarts available to Pope Francis throughout his entire journey to Lisbon when he's there for World Ah, Youth Day. Very nice. Uh, I actually, the one visit that we did to Lisbon, uh, I went to St. Jerome's Monastery and literally across the street is this bakery. Oh, wow. I'd eat like five a day while I was there. They're very, very tiny, so you you hardly notice them at all. (laughs) That's right. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. This Saturday at noon, it is the St. Benedict's Festival. Mount Angel Abbey. Join the Mount Angel Abbey community to celebrate the Feast of St. Benedict. Tickets include exhibits, organ concerts, plus a gourmet picnic on the hilltop with Benedictine Brewery beer and local Oregon wines. There'll be some live music, lawn games, plenty of time to spend with family, friends, and the monks. I hear there's going to be a fierce game of uh, lawn Jenga. Oh, nice. Abbot Jeremy gets a little competitive, I think. (laughs) Okay. Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Go to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Hey, we're going to talk with Natalie Wood, the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. They have a couple big projects going on. Hear about it right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbuybark.com or 503-645-6665. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. 
no matter where your summer travels take you, Monterey Radio is always there. Our Hail Mary Media app is the perfect road trip companion. You're always a click away from a treasury of uplifting prayers, including live liturgy of the hours from the Benedictine monks at Mount Angel Abbey and a customized schedule of your own daily prayer reminders. The Hail Mary Media app also features a stream of Monterey Radio's live broadcast and podcast of all our original shows and new programming not available on the radio. Plus, you can jump into all the exciting summertime activities on the interactive community calendar, the latest Catholic news, and much more. Join the thousands of listeners who are moving through the summer with the Hail Mary Media app. Download it today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to MontredayRadio.com for all the details. Wherever you go this summer, you're never far from the Hail Mary Media app and Monterey Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 8.13 here at Mater Day Radio. Temperatures already rising. It's going to be a hot day. By lunchtime, we're in the low 80s, then topping out at 97 degrees this afternoon. We are under a heat advisory until 11 o'clock tonight. And a red flag warning for high fire danger. The Tunnel 5 fire in the gorge will continue to pour smoke into the area, along with those fires in Canada. Overnight, we're going to stay in the low 60s and a little cooler on Thursday. You may notice it's only going to be 90 on Thursday and back to the lower 80s through the weekend and into next week. It's 69 degrees at Sacred Heart St. Louis Parish in Jervis. And it is 64 degrees at St. Rose Catholic Church in Longview. Well, construction has just started on a new affordable housing project in Portland thanks to a partnership with a variety of groups and agencies in the area. That includes Catholic Charities of Oregon. Joining Monterey Radio this morning to give us the details on Gleason Landing and more is the Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, Natalie Wood. Good morning, Natalie. Good morning, David. It's so nice to be here. Well, happy summer to you. Well, thank you. Happy summer to you. I'm I'm trying to think back now. When did you arrive here in Oregon for the position? I arrived. It's been a little over a year now. So you made it through a full summer. That's right. I've made it through a full summer. I sure have. And a full winter. Great to have you here for the full year now. And uh, as I mentioned, just some wonderful projects Catholic Mm -hmm. Charities works on. Certainly the construction projects we're going to talk about this morning, but just a a variety of other projects as well. And I always encourage folks to go to your website and see, because there's so much information there that you can learn about Catholic Charities of Oregon. But did want to talk about these construction projects. And, And let's start first with the one I mentioned and that is Gleason Landing. So, yeah, yeah talk a little bit about Gleason okay. Landing. So, housing has really risen to the top of our priority list as housing, uh, as the housing crisis continues to deepen and more and more families are unable to afford housing here in the Portland area. And Gleason Landing is a real opportunity um, in that way because it's a private and public partnership. And it involves uh, multiple partners on this, as well as voter bonds on housing. And so Gleason Landing is two buildings. One building is uh, comprised of units for families, mm. and it's going to be run by ERCO. Yeah. And then Catholic Charities has a building called Beacon at Gleason Landing, and it has 41 permanent supportive housing units. And the permanent supportive housing units are for those individuals who are experiencing chronic homelessness, Mm -hmm. have disabilities, 
uh, mental disabilities, physical disabilities, those kinds of things. Right. And so we not only provide housing, but we provide full wraparound services as well. And one of the good things about Gleason Landing, well, actually about all the properties, Gleason Landing, St. Francis and Claire, or I say St. Francis, sorry, that's from the parish, yeah. Francis and Claire sure. and Good Shepherd Village, is that they're all uh, collaboratives that provide a space for video health. Oh, nice. Yeah, so yeah. we'll be able to connect with a health provider and make sure that people are receiving whatever their needs are from a physical basis as well. So we're really happy about that. And Gleason's Landing is going to be especially special. I think it's large. There's 147 units in total. It's got, I'm sorry, 137 units right. in total. And uh, it includes a community room and a kitchen, a laundry room, a playground, picnic areas, a community garden, bike parking, surface parking, and an on-site multicultural preschool. Mm. So it's got a lot of different wraparound services yeah. that um, it will be able to provide. I've seen some renderings of it, and uh, it's really beautiful, beautiful homes. I think, you know, mm. it's going to be uh, just a wonderful addition to the community. Well, thank you. You know, we really work hard to make sure that we are collaborating to build buildings that actually reflect human dignity mm -hmm. and have the services that reflect human dignity. So we believe housing, of course, is a basic human right. Yeah. And so um, with that is not just that they receive the building, but they receive a space that is welcoming, comfortable, that is like a sanctuary that they can call home. Yeah, that, that's wonderful. And talk a little bit too about the partnerships because we know that houselessness is such a huge issue, not only in the Portland area, but across the country, in, in big cities across mm -hmm. the country, big and small for that matter, but you can't go it alone. It's just not going to happen. No, it's it's uh, to be able to have all the different services that you need and to be able to have the types of buildings that we like to have, you have to have multiple uh, partnerships to be able to do that. Um, we are working with Northwest Related or Related Northwest, and we're also working with ARCO, the Immigrant and Refugee Commun Community Organization. Try to remember all my sure, oh, yeah, <laughs> acronyms. Yeah. And then we have a slew of other partnerships with public entities. And I hate to begin naming them because I'll forget yeah. someone, right? Sure. There's so many of them, but we have a slew of them that are are really working hard to help us with that uh, yeah. project. And that's absolutely necessary for us to be able to provide all the different um, services that are needed and have the buildings look the way that they yeah, look. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind of curious, how do the partnerships come together? I, I mean, at some point, you have to sit down, you have to talk, you have to talk mm -hmm. about the needs of the community. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm always curious about that. How, how do you make these links, these partnerships? Well, a lot of it has to do with um, funding opportunities. And so we have metro dollars, we have bond dollars, we have... So some of it has to do with the dollars that are available. Some of it has to do with the different type of services that you want to be able to provide mm -hmm. in the building. Some of it has to do with the developer and the context that the developer has and, and their thoughts. And so in as you're working on the project 
you begin to envision and develop a strategy for achieving that vision. As you do that, you begin to bring in those individuals from the community that are the best fit for those particular items. And housing is such a priority in the Portland area that most individuals or most groups and entities uh, don't hesitate to want to step in and uh, contribute in some way. I think Stone Soup is also going to be one of our partners that we're working with in um, Gleason Landing. So we were talking about Gleason Landing, but you Mm -hmm. also mentioned a couple of other projects as well. Right. We have Francis and Claire coming up. Now, we just had our groundbreaking at Gleason Landing last week. And Francis and Claire, we're signing up all our documents now, so that one will be coming up soon. But Francis and Claire is centered in southeast Portland, and it's close to St. Francis Parish. Right. And as you know, there's a lot of need in that Mm -hmm. area already. Yeah. And so this one is going to be 61 affordable units for 0 to 30% income that are experiencing chronic homelessness and have complex behavioral and health challenges. So this is going to be probably our most strategic um, site to date. We'll provide the services and um, the building. We'll have a quiet room for relaxation, a community classroom, and a large plaza it's near the bus line and places for jobs. Wonderful. And, you know, St. Francis Parish has um, historically provided services to this community. Right. And so um, it's kind of a good collaborative fit mm-hmm. for us to mm-hmm. be working together. Yeah. In this for years, way. the St. Francis Dining Hall there. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Again, we're speaking with Natalie Wood. She's the executive director of Catholic Charities of Oregon, talking about some of their projects they have going on. And then there was a third one, too, that you had mentioned. Absolutely. That's Good Shepherd Village. And so Good Shepherd Village is someplace that I think Catholics will really take to heart. This land was donated by John and Peggy Brokamp of Christ the King Parish. Absolutely. And this will be our biggest housing project to date. It'll have 142 affordable homes. The property originally was used for gatherings, Mm -hmm. and it was donated to us to be able to use for this affordable housing in that area. And it's the very first affordable housing unit in Happy Valley. Wow. So we're very excited about that. We should have applications opening in July for a fall move-in. Wow. You're busy. Yes, we've been busy. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And that doesn't include immigration or any of our other programs, yeah. refugees or any of our other yeah. services. Yeah. On any of the construction projects, uh, the housing projects, any room there for citizens' help, uh, volunteers? I'm so glad you asked that question. Yes. We'll have a special opportunity for parishioners to help residents of Good Shepherds this summer and into the fall. We're going to put a call out for welcome home kits. And our welcome home kits come in in multiple sizes, I guess you would say. Sure. We have kits for individuals or couples and kits for families with kids. And then under that, we have a variety of types of kits. So we have welcome kits, kitchen kits, cleaning kits. Nice. Kind of you can take your pick of what you would like to uh, support our families with. 
Uh, fantastic. Again, I encourage folks, go to Catholic Charities of Oregon website. You can learn about the projects and other volunteer opportunities, how you can help. Uh, just a wonderful opportunity there for citizens to get involved. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities of Oregon. Natalie, great to talk with you. Thanks for all of the work and all of the projects out there. Much needed. Oh, it is. I tell you, it is such a blessing to be part of Catholic Charities and to be able to experience a life of service. I can't say that all people have the opportunity. And when the opportunity comes up, I think you should really take advantage of it because it is so special to live a life Mm. where you know you are doing service to advance God's kingdom here on earth. Thank you. Well, God bless you. Have a wonderful summer. Thank you. God bless you, too. It is 825 here at Mater Day Radio. Well, interviews like the one you just heard can be listened to again, downloaded and shared with your friends by going to the community, ca- excuse me, by going to our webpage, materdayradio.com. There on the front page, you'll see all of our great locally produced shows, our interviews here on the Morning Blend, made right into podcasts you can listen to at any time. You'll also have access to the podcast on the Free Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Jeff Kane at North Point Bank in Vancouver. North Point Bank brings value to customers through client-focused home loan programs, including new construction, renovation options, financing for rental properties, and more. Learn more at northpoint.com. That's northpoint, P-O-I-N-T-E, dot com. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Mater Day Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Mater Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. They're not baristas, but they do serve up a good cup of joy. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 827 on Mater Day Radio. Well, a red flag warning with critical fire danger in the news. We'll have that for you coming up. Catholic Charities of Oregon passes the buck on teaching clients to save first. But a Vancouver organization ready to take on the project. I'll have that story for you, plus more coming up in news. Here is Matt Marr. All the people said amen. We are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio. It's all you got to lean on, bus ain't got it. 
people said amen. It's 8.30 right here at Monster Day Radio. And in your news, another hot day expected today across the region as the National Weather Service has a heat advisory and red flag warning posted through tonight with critical fire conditions expected. Highs could be approaching triple digits in some locations. The Tunnel 5 fire burning in timber and brush near the small town of Underwood in southeast Skamania County, Washington, is now estimated at over 500 acres with 5% containment as of yesterday. Several structures have been destroyed by the blaze. The fire, which started Sunday morning, grew quickly due to extreme terrain and hot, windy conditions. It's burning across the Columbia River from Hood River. Another wildfire burning in Lane County, the Moon Mountain Fire, is estimated at 40 acres. Evacuation orders were posted around the fire yesterday afternoon. And again, in our last newscast, we mentioned that in Longview, Washington, there were like 13 mm. fireworks caused fires yesterday. So, you know, you're going to still probably have people lighting fireworks today. Just kind of that residual. Exactly. Didn't leftover. get through all of their yeah. stash yesterday. So be careful. Okay. It's, Please. Yeah, the wind and yeah. Pope Francis has named Archbishop Victor Manuel Fernandez, his longtime personal theologian and ghostwriter, to lead the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith. The Argentine prelate succeeds Cardinal Luis Ladaria Ferrer, who has been prefect of the dicastery since 2017. Fernandez, almost 61 years old, will take up his new post in the middle of September, according to the Vatican. Pope Francis, who has known Fernandez for decades, reportedly entrusted him with drafting his first apostolic exhortation, Evangelii Gaudium. The Archbishop was also reportedly involved in the drafting of Amoris Latetia, Pope Francis' 2016 Apostolic Exhortation on Love in the Family, which followed the Church's two synods on the family. Archbishop Fernandez was heavily involved in both synods of the family in 2014 and 15 and was on the commission for the writing of the 2015 synod's final report. In an open letter to the Archbishop, the Pope asked him to lead the dicastery toward promoting theology that is attentive to the essentials of the faith and at the service of evangelization. Hey, exciting times at Camp Howard near scenic Mount Hood. Session number one of the summer camping season begins today. Jenna Bass, Director of Communications for the Portland Area Catholic Youth Organization, tells us what campers are going to see when they arrive this morning. We have the beautiful new Welcome Center, which has the nurses station. It has the store for the kids to buy their goodies during the week. So they'll park kind of in that area. And as they walk around behind the Welcome Center is the brand new dining hall, like I said, that overlooks the Bull Run with a beautiful view of Mount Hood. And as you walk around the camp, all the beautiful trees, we have a couple fields for recreational activities. Right as you come in kind of to the left of camp is our archery center that sits up. And during the camp, we have goats. Once in a while, you'll get to see the goats, them doing their thing. We also have brand new baby goats as well. Now, other activities at Camp Howard include fishing, arts and crafts, swimming, giant slip and slide, and a new low ropes course for team building events. Now, there are still a few spots open for your kids for some of the later sessions. So uh, you go to the Camp Howard 
website, cyocamphoward.org. You can learn about registration. Let's head up there today. Do the giant slip and slide. The, that sounds like an excellent time to me. That in yes. the ropes course. Yep. You get me up a tree and I won't be able to move after that. I'll <laughs> be too it. afraid. Save First Financial Wellness, founded in 2009 as a social enterprise of Catholic Charities of Oregon, became part of Vancouver, Washington-based Lighthouse Financial Foundations on July 1st. Faced with post-pandemic funding challenges, the Catholic Charities Board recently decided to try to find a new home for the Safe First program and focus on the agency's core mission of affordable housing aid to people experiencing houselessness, and settlement services for migrant and refugees. The agreement with Lighthouse Financial Foundation will sustain the program that currently provides financial coaching to hundreds of individuals in Southwest Washington and the Portland metro area. Natalie Wood, Executive Director of Catholic Charities, is delighted that Safe First will still serve the local community. She said, we are glad that people will continue to receive financial education and the coaching they need as they stabilize their families. As we help our clients progress, We'll be sending them to Safe First. Kim Capilotto, president of Lighthouse Financial Foundation, said that while Safe First will move to Vancouver, the name and website will remain the same and some personnel will stay on as well. And in sports, I guess this is sports. (laughs) Not even lightning and heavy rain could stop Joey Chestnut on Tuesday after a delay of almost two hours for inclement weather. Chestnut continued his dominance at the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest, winning his 16th title in 17 years. He's unstoppable. He is. Chestnut ate 62 hot dogs and buns during the 10-minute contest in front of cheering spectators during the 4th of July spectacle on Coney Island in New York. Runner-up Jeffrey Esper just ate 49 hot dogs. (laughs) Oh, man. Chestnut came up 14 shy, though, of his record of 76 hot dogs. Since 2007, Chestnut has lost just once in 2015 when Matt Stoney ate 62 hot dogs and Chestnut down 60. So he has been unstoppable. And afterwards, he said, I still got some room left for a beer. So, oh, yeah. So, yeah, because he had it. He, he had he, eaten, what, 12 yeah. less than his record? Yeah. He, shut, like he shut her down when he saw the competition wasn't even close. <laughs> oh. I, I'll leave some room for beer here. Wow, yeah, that's so. a lot. If you were to get a grilled hot dog, what do you put on it, David? Uh, you know, I'm just pretty basic, some mustard. I do like relish. A little rel- mustard a little, and relish. Mu- mustard and relish. Uh, every now and again, I, I don't eat hot dogs, but when I do, I will sometimes put on a little uh, sauerkraut. I kind of okay. like sauerkraut, too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I just am your basic ketchup kind of person, but I do enjoy myself a yeah. chili dog. Ketchup? Yeah. On a hot dog? Sure. Okay. That's yeah. pretty regular thing, Is I think, it? David. All right. I have mustard, for sure. I don't know about ketchup, but <laughs> hey, to each his own. Who am I? Who am I to judge your hot dog eating? So, uh, Speaking of weather, the Portland Timbers were playing in Denver last night. The, the game was delayed. Didn't get started till like 9.30 at night. Mm-hmm. And then they only played a half, and then they had to shut it down because of thunderstorms. So they played a half. The end of the half, it was 0-0. Zero to zero. So they'll make it up. They'll play the second half, but they haven't said when. But apparently just some really bad weather.
That's wild. Yeah. As parents, we hope our children will grow up to be close to each other. However, three brothers from Croatia, Renato, Marco, and Robert, they share not only a sibling bond, but one that ties them to their faith in their heavenly father. In a very rare occurrence, the three men were all ordained on June 24th at the Holy Family Church in Solon. Renato and Marco ordained to the priesthood and their brother Robert ordained to the diaconate. Monsignor Poljic, the apostolic administrator of the archdiocese, presided over the ordination that saw a further four other men join the priesthood. According to Shalom World, in his homily, Monsignor Poljic advised the men, do not be afraid of your weakness when God calls. Surrender to God's providence completely and without reservation, and he will strengthen and encourage you. The man's friends and family were all there to witness the special occasion. While we don't know how the new clergyman's parents are feeling, they certainly did an incredible job in raising their sons in faith. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And next Tuesday at 7 o'clock is Young Catholic Professionals Virtue Panel on Humility at St. John the Baptist Parish Center in Milwaukee. Young adults in their 20s and 30s are invited to YCP's Portland Executive Panel discussion on the virtue of humility. The event will include a reception with drinks and appetizers, spiritual reflection, a virtue panel and table discussion. Guests are encouraged to wear elevated business casual attire. I hear they have an excellent person on the virtue panel too to talk about humility. Really? Who's that? That might be me. I have a lot to say about humility. You, you talking about humility. I'm the most humble person I know, David. <laughs> yeah, that, that says it all. <laughs> Remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. My question is, <laughs> do you have elevated business casual wear? Oh, I, I think I could come up with something, even if I have to go to the store and get it. Okay, there you go. It's like when a, a man has to get a new tool for a project. Same thing for women. Got to get a new I, outfit for I, the project. I, I can see that. Very good. Hey, you know what? It's not Tech Tuesday, but it is Website Wednesday. I like so that that's the, that's the new term for our friend, Sarah Kenzie, who's going to join us after the forecast. Support for Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. The rule of St. Benedict has guided monastic communities for nearly 1,500 years. One Minute Monk, Abbot Placid Solari of Belmont Abbey. Benedictine monks still use the book every day to order our daily lives. So what's the secret to the rule's vitality? Moderation and flexibility. St. Benedict calls it a little rule for beginners. Since we're really all beginners, the rule is as relevant for you as it is for monastic communities. It helps us believe I can be holy too. The rule is also flexible. St. Benedict makes it clear that everything takes a back seat to the guiding principle of saving souls. In St. Benedict's rule, the goal is holiness. 
For your free copy of The Rule of St. Benedict, visit OneMinuteMonk.com. O-N-E-MinuteMonk.com. Remember, holiness is the end point, not the place where most of us start. Healthcare sharing has been around for decades and began out of the Christian tradition of neighbor helping neighbor. That's the premise Solidarity HealthShare was built on. We're a nonprofit medical cost sharing ministry in which our family of members share in each other's eligible medical expenses. Solidarity HealthShare is not insurance, but an alternative way to pay for medical costs that adheres to Catholic Church teachings. We never share into medical care that goes against our morals. More information at SolidarityHealthShare.org. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our leadership circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our leadership circle at materdayradio.com. at Mater Dei Radio. Well, going to be hot and hazy today, a high of 97 degrees. Heat advisory, red flag warning in effect until 11 tonight with a low of 63. And then for Thursday, hazy, sunny, kind of warm again for tomorrow, but a little cooler, at least down to about 90 degrees, and then it cools off Friday at 84. Currently, it is 72 degrees at St. John the Evangelist Catholic Church in Vancouver. And 71 degrees at All Saints Church in Portland. Well, as we've made it in uh, early this morning, David, you and I are both feeling a little groggy, but people were shooting fireworks off in the neighborhood behind me. Yeah. And I opened up my window, and there's Sarah Kenzie in the neighborhood (laughs) behind me waving. Good morning. Good evening, Brenda. <laughs> See you in the morning. Wow. She had a late night shooting off fireworks too. Good morning, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I want to make it clear I was not <laughs> lurking in your backyard at 1130 at night, but... She just had a sparkler, Hey, did you did you go to the St. Paul Rodeo? You were talking about that. Yes, I did. I haven't been in a little while. Nice. I grew up going a lot, but um, I had just hadn't been in a while. And man, it was so much fun. I had a great time. What, yeah. What did, what did you see? Well, uh, the rodeo show itself um, is a couple hours, and that was pretty fun. Uh, They're just, you know, some incredible um, cowboys and also like stunt riders and just a lot of amazing, uh, just like, it's it's just amazing what they can do. And and then just walking around kind of the food and trying lots of different things. And uh, there's a lot of carnival rides. I didn't go on any, but um, there's also a lot of uh, places to shop, which... Oh, uh, so I mean, maybe got a few more accessories at some of those, some of those little shops. But it, it was a great day. Did you get some cowboy boots? I did not. I did get a hat though. My old one was kind of ripped, and so I got, oh, I got a nice. hat. It. Our ability to accessorize is what sets us apart from all the other of God's creation. <laughs> That's it. Exactly. <laughs> You got that big belt buckle. That's just <laughs> yeah. what God intended yes. you to wear around your waist. That's it, exactly. Well, Sarah is joining us today for a wonderful Website Wednesday. 
And we're talking today about what's coming to your inbox this afternoon. Sarah, every week, puts together a great kind of a highlight email of things that are happening at Mater Day Radio, so you won't miss a thing. Sarah, this is a feast day that has passed, but always great information, especially when our good friend Ken Hellenius has to share about it. Tell us about St. Peter and Paul. Yeah, so uh, last week, uh, Ken was here on the show just to share a little bit a little bit about um, who Peter and Paul were uh, coming up on their feast day last week. Um, and I just think, you know, like you said, it, even though this feast day has passed, I always love hearing about these two. It's really fascinating because... Um, I just imagine that they had such different personalities and and I see different reflections on this, you know, kind of floating around um, that I've seen before, but just, you know, they had such different lives and, and, uh, you know, even kind of butted heads a little bit, but, you know, they're really united in that mission of evangelization and, and of really establishing the church, um, you know, right, um, right at the beginning. And, and so I think for me, I love hearing their stories because it just reminds me, you know, there, it takes all types of people to be part of this church. And, uh, sometimes our personalities don't even (laughs) always mesh. And, um, but, but to know, you know, Hey, that's, that's okay. You know, we find ways to, to work together, to build up God's kingdom. And so I just always love hearing about Saints Peter and Paul. Brenda said they were frenemies. Uh, they they might have they been. were yeah, yeah. Saint Paul was the one that coined the phrase I've got in its face. <laughs> They're so re- they are very relatable. I think we can see ourselves yeah. in both of these great yeah. saints because we have this zeal for our faith sometimes that Saint Paul had, and in the same time we want to be you know, strong rocks of the faith, but we fall down sometimes. Don't get it quite right the way that Saint Peter did. So that's our saints, lives of the saints. You can listen to with Julian Durko also, and she has. Uh, some to say about Saints Peter and Paul. And it was a great interview and always a great time to hear from our friend Ken Hellenius. Sarah Kenzie joining us today. Sarah is the digital media manager here at Mater Day Radio. She keeps us all up to date on everything that's going on on the web, gives us a little laugh in the afternoon just when we need that little pick me up. Also in the emails, you highlight one of our great locally produced shows. Now, Monday through Friday, we have great shows that come on in the evening, 730. Many of those, most of those locally produced. And then on the weekend, more great locally produced shows right here at Mater Day Radio. One of our top ones, listen to more than others. Voice of the Shepherd. And it's wonderful because we know that Archbishop Sample was gone. I probably he had gone to the USCCB bishops meeting. Bishop Peter Smith able to step in for us. Tell our listeners more. Yes. So this episode that I highlighted um, is Dean Marie uh, speaking with Bishop Peter Smith. And um, they are talking about uh, the title of the episode is The Beauty of Death. Uh, which maybe is not the most uplifting topic, you know, <laughs> my first thing in the morning. Uh, but, you know, I, I listened to this episode and, and they really talk about um, the Catholic approach to death and how, you know, even in in the midst of grieving someone um, that we have, you know, that we have lost, uh, we, we still have that hope for them in, in eternal life. Um, and also, even just in the practical arrangements of, you know, uh, of burial and funeral, um, how we still, you know, honor their human dignity through all of that, um, and that we have hope in the resurrection. And there's very practical things that are part of this process that really speak to our faith. And so, um, you know, it might not be, you know, everyone's favorite topic. And I think, you know, at least I feel like I tend to not think about death unless I have to, um, you know, but, but 
all of us have lost, you know, someone that we love Mm -hmm. and, and one day each of us will die too. And, um, you know, it doesn't need to be a super, you know, uh, something that we, you know, is, is heavy all the time, but we can, it's something to think about, you know, now and again to just kind of remember like, okay, like I'm not here forever. My, my whole life isn't here on this earth. You know, I, I have a purpose that, that God has called me to, to be with him in heaven and, um, and you know, each of us. And so how, how can I live my life in that way? How can I also, you know, give that, that dignity to other people, um, who are also called to go to heaven as well. And so just, you know, every so often it's just good to do just a little reminder of that. Um, and Bishop Peter Smith does a wonderful job really explaining, um, all of those different aspects. You know, Bishop Smith, he actually oversees the Catholic cemeteries. Yes, that's That's, right. It's one of his roles. Yep. And he talks about kind of a lot of our local uh, Catholic cemeteries and funeral homes and yeah, all the different things that they do. So some some good practical knowledge maybe for people that might need to don't might need to know about things like that as nice. well. Sarah, I've been getting my regular notices on my phone from the Hail Mary Media app. Great. We've been able to participate with the Archdiocese on some great projects, including the recent Celebrate Life Novena. Remind our listeners if they haven't gotten the download yet of the free Hail Mary Media app, why they should do it and what are some of the things they're missing out because they don't have it today. Yes, so there's a whole lot of things uh, there for you on the app. It's a free resource that we provide to all of you um, to help you in your faith. One of the most popular aspects of the app is our prayer sections. Um, There's so many prayers on there that you can just, you know, find if you need to read along with, uh, you know, you need to find a prayer to read if you want to listen along. Um, There's also, you know, all of our shows are on there as well, our community calendar, our Listen Live uh, feature so you can tune in even if you're out of range of our radio signal um, and you know lots of different uh, things that you can learn about different topics um, that you can kind of dive into uh, that have to do with our faith and um, yeah so just you know go to your app store search Hail Mary Media uh, while you're there or maybe if you already have your app uh, give us a give us a review you know give us the five stars and and tell everyone why you love this app because that really helps us get in front of more people so um, I just want to encourage you if you if you are thinking you know I want to help modern day in some way or another this is a really really easy way it'll take mm-hmm. you a minute uh, tops to just go on there write a quick review give us the five stars and that just gets us in front of more and more people um, so encourage all of you to help us in that way Fantastic. If you have not downloaded the free Hail Mary media app, do it today. You can find it on your favorite app store on your smartphone. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. Another great website Wednesday. Thank you. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone 
at 503-588-1071. A great way to support Mater Day Radio is through our leadership circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our Leadership Circle at materdayradio.com. It's joy. It's inspiration. It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Day Radio. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. Again, red flag warning heat advisory in effect until 11 tonight. Going to be hot today, 97 degrees. Hazy skies, then hazy again overnight tonight, low of 63. A little cooler tomorrow, I guess, if you want to call 90 cooler. That's the year uh, projected highs. That is cooler than 97. Then even cooler on Friday, 84. Currently 71 degrees in the Rose City. Closing our show today, here's Dante Schmidt, Brighter Than the Sun. You are listening to The Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio. Well, it all began when I was younger A seed of faith planted in my life well, I could not satisfy my hunger Now it's time
That is Dante Schmidt and Brighter Than the Sun. It's 8.59 at Mater Day Radio. That's David and Brenda for you on this July 5th. The toughest work day of the year. It's a tough it's a tough morning to get up at around here, especially after those fireworks nights. It is. Uh, don't bother calling Brenda this morning because she says she's going into her office to take a nap and we don't want to disturb her. I'm going to borrow your pillow and blanket. <laughs> That's right. Just cur- curl up on the floor. Just kidding. Thank you for joining us today. We had a great time and we'll be back tomorrow. Already Thursday. Already Thursday. That's the good thing about having those holidays to celebrate. That is going to wrap it up for us on the Morning Blend. Have a very blessed day.